It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans? Happy regular season, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. As rosters have been trimmed to 53 men, the Bengals have made their loan waiver claim, and the roster is mostly set for week one. James and I will start the show today by breaking down the moves that the Bengals did make. What we expect to see still happen is we don't think that the roster is quite set yet at the time we're recording this as we try to get it to you a little bit earlier than normal. Then we'll take a look at the offensive and defensive rosters now that they are set and go through what we think of this Bengals 2020 roster. James, the Bengals mostly did what we expected them to do on Saturday to get to their initial 53-man roster. The big surprises for me include going with just two quarterbacks after Zach Taylor made such a big deal about carrying extra quarterbacks for COVID and they brought in an extra guy for training camp. I was surprised they went with six linebackers given the scheme they run on defense and how many linebackers are on the field at any one time. And I was a little surprised that they stuck with four running backs carrying both Samaji P. Ryan and Travion Williams to their initial 53-man roster. And it was surprising to me, not only did they keep six linebackers, and, and you got to think that Jordan Evans was on the brink there, but with his hamstring, Zach Taylor said they're not placing him on injured reserve. Same thing for Sean Williams. He's not getting placed on injured reserve, which again is only a three-week stint here. So it doesn't have to be that long so those two guys staying on the roster they're not going to maneuver them back and forth or anything like that so I would expect to see those guys potentially in the mix to contribute sooner rather than later maybe even as soon as a you know next week against the Chargers but I I agree I was surprised about the six linebackers the more I thought about quarterback the more I I realized you know is anyone claiming Brandon Allen or Jake Dolagala Brandon Allen was available until August Jake Dolagala is an undrafted free agent. So we were both kind of on the opposite sides of that. I had Dolagala making it. You had Allen making it, I think. Why not just put both guys on the practice squad? And then that way, if one does get picked up from another team, um, then you have the other one as as kind of a a safety net. So I get that aspect, but I I was surprised that they they kept six linebackers. That was probably my biggest, maybe my biggest surprise of the, the whole roster, honestly. Yeah, none of the individual player moves were all that surprising, although they did trade Austin Calitro before the weekend, bringing back defensive lineman Christian Covington, who figures to play five-tech, maybe a little bit of three-tech for the Bengals. He'll be an interior defensive lineman. He spent a lot of time with Houston. He spent a year with Dallas. He was recently with Denver, but he probably wasn't going to make the team in Denver, and apparently, like the Bengals, they coveted 
Austin Calitro. So that's a move that freed up the roster spots for these other linebackers that they're comfortable keeping, at least for now. And I think Covington is an improvement on the undrafted free agents they were looking at for the position of interior defensive lineman, the three techs, the five techs, because he's not necessarily a nose tackle. He's more of a 3-4 defensive end, which is still in a 4-3 scheme, a defensive tackle. But when you compare him to guys like Freedom Akeem Oladun or Imani Bledsoe, he's got a track record of success in the NFL, and I think that this move actually goes a long way. It does. I, I think that Zach Taylor was really pleased with it. He even and Zach doesn't say much, right? He said, oh, I think we got a good deal. Because let's be honest, Calitro was getting cut and the Broncos I was reading had claimed him twice for his special teams, you know, ability. And uh once the Jags beat him out for him and once the, the Bengals did. But th- this this team had too many linebackers, and heck, you could argue they kept too many as is. And they needed another defensive lineman. And they were able to swap without going through the waiver process. You bring in an established guy like Covington, who's played for Houston, who was teammates with DJ Reader, by the way. So he's familiar with Reader. So I think uh, I think it's a good move. Is it going to be earth shattering? Is it going to completely change the direction of the defense? No, absolutely not. But it's a, a necessary depth piece that if they didn't trade for, they were going to have to either make a claim or keep someone else around, or sign someone. So uh, I think this was a a necessary move that they made, and and they're better off for it today. Without Josh Tupo and Rennell Wren, it kind of necessitated that move. The last thing that we are still waiting for is who will replace Trey Waynes on the 53-man roster when he goes to the injured reserve. The Bengals only made one waiver claim. That was Deion Calhoun, and that means... There's still one roster spot up for grabs, and given that they didn't claim any of the other corners that were available on waivers, they might still go get a free agent. They have some time left to do that, but more likely than not, that means, to me, one of the guys they waived is coming back, and that probably comes down to Torrey McTire, who got snaps in the slot in the training camp period, or Winston Rose. I expect both to remain on the on the team in some capacity. One of the two on the active roster, the other one hopefully uh, will make it to the practice squad. And you did mention something there, Jake, that I think is important. The nickel experience. Torrey McTire, his ability to to kick inside there just in case McKenzie Alexander you know, gets dinged up or anything like that. I, I think that's important, that versatility. And Lou Anarumo, last we heard about a guy like Winston Rose, he talked about developing and getting acclimated, reacclimated to American football versus what it's like in Canada. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they just try to sign him to the practice squad and, and promote Tory McTire to the active. And honestly, it should be no issue. No Bengals were claimed during the waiver period, which means all those high potential guys, quote unquote, that you're worried about losing the Winston Roses. If you're worried about losing Stanley Morgan's special teams ability, if you're worried about former XFL running back Jacques Patrick, those guys all should make it to the Bengals practice squad without any issue whatsoever, unless they get, I don't know, late offers from other teams. There's really no reason to think those guys, if the Bengals want to keep them, will not be available to Cincinnati on the practice squad in the very near future. The Bengals did make a claim. And we'll talk about that as Shaq Calhoun joins the active roster. We'll also take a look at the offense next. 
But first, this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all of the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout starts from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Jake, you and I had Alex Redman both on our 53-man rosters, and we were right, so pat us on the back, damn it, uh, because Alex Redmond did make the Bengals' 53-man roster, but only for 24 hours, or, well, less than 24 hours, as the, the Bengals decided to terminate his contract and claim, and you already mentioned it earlier, Dion Shaq Calhoun from the Dolphins, a second-year guard out of Mississippi State. He went undrafted, earned a spot on the Dolphins 53-man roster last year, started seven games, played in 10, didn't grade well, which we can get into. But uh, the Bengals here, it appears, going for a developmental upside prospect versus a guy that's been around for a while in Alex Redmond. There are a few specific things that if you're looking for a reason to like Calhoun more than Redmond that you can point to right away. One of them is he doesn't commit very many penalties. At least he didn't in his first NFL action, coming in a little bit shy of 500 snaps his rookie year with Miami, he committed only two penalties. That is a rate that I would estimate is around 50% of the rate at which Alex Redmond commits penalties. The other thing that's worth noting here, James, he had his highest graded PFF game last year against the Bengals when he started and put up a grade in the mid-60s. So overall, to me, This is mostly a lateral move. I think that Alex Redman probably actually does have a little bit more raw ability or maybe not raw ability, but refined ability at this point. He is more experienced. I think that Dion Jack Calhoun, I guess I have to figure out what to call him, had a great athletic testing profile at his pro day. That is on the record. That's known. He has a little bit of age on his side. He's just 24 years old. And he has the benefit of not being an undisciplined player. And those are things that you really have to like. So overall to me, 
mostly a lateral move. You're looking at a backup right guard. He played exclusively right guard for Miami. And this might be the extra lineman right now. This might be the guy that's not active in week one. And I doubt that he is active in week one with the new roster rule that says you can actually have 48 guys instead of 46 guys on that active roster if you have eight offensive linemen active. And the Bengals have nine total on the roster right now. Yeah, it might take him a little bit to get active (laughs) or or be active at all this year. I mean, think about it. He's going to hopefully get through COVID protocol right away from one team to the other. But outside of that, I mean, he's got to develop and learn this whole new playbook and all of that stuff. So it could take him a bit. And I wouldn't be shocked at all, even though Alex Redmond penned his goodbye, I guess, to to Cincinnati on Twitter, which is our our first knowledge of him being – waived or released or terminated, however you want to put it. But he's still practice squad eligible. The Bengals can have six guys, you know, with, with a bunch of experience, doesn't matter your experience, on the practice squad. So I, I wouldn't completely rule it out. I mean, are you sure there's going to be a team that's rushing to sign Alex Redman? I'm not. And if I'm him, I'd rather be paid to be a practice squad player than not have a check at all. Yeah, and the thing about going to the practice squad is any other team, if they want you on their 53-man, can sign you at any point, and and then Mm -hmm. you can go get the money. I I wouldn't be shocked if Alex Redman lands somewhere. He has decent tape. The thing that would scare other NFL teams, like I said, the penalties are a major issue. The other thing that I didn't mention earlier that is a major plus for Calhoun versus Redman is Redman hasn't been able to stay healthy for the last year, and Calhoun was a four-year starter. At Mississippi State didn't have any health issues that I saw in my early research in Miami either. So from a health perspective, you get that, you get some athletic upside, you get a guy that didn't commit penalties as a rookie, as an undrafted rookie on a bad offensive line, then, you know, maybe you see a little bit of upside there. But regardless, I mean, we're talking about a backup here. And if Deion Calhoun is playing, then you're just hoping that he's surviving. Really, like we're we're not likely talking about a guy that to to use another example on the Bengals offensive line. I have a lot more optimism about the upside of Hakeem Adenogy in the future than I have about Dion Calhoun because Adenogy is a guy that might have the physical tools just like Calhoun, but comes from a, a Kansas program that's notorious for bad offensive line coaching and play. Comes from a conference that doesn't really challenge offensive linemen that much, and. He's he's drawn rave reviews early from guys like Dave Lapham. So uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of potential Calhoun has. He was an undrafted free agent, though, for a reason after being a four-year starter in the SEC. So certainly some pros and cons, but largely this is a, a depth move. And I'm surprised to see them move on from Alex Redmond, but that's really all this is. All right, Jake, let's uh, let's transition and look at the rest of this 53-man roster that is obviously evolving, obviously changing by the minute. We talked a little bit earlier about the quarterbacks and only keeping two, and the good news is it does appear like they're going to get those other two. Brandon Allen, as we record this, has agreed to a practice squad deal with the Bengals, and I would assume Jake DeLaGala will follow shortly. But the big surprise outside of uh, outside of quarterbacks to me is, again, that running back spot. I mean, I look at it in Joe Mixon. Obviously, he's that, you know, that dude. Giovanni Bernard's going to get some reps on offense and be that personal protector. 
But Samaj P. Ryan, he's there for special teams, I would assume. But what's Trayvon, Travion Williams there for, right? I mean, if I, I, to me, you could have kept three. And if it was P. Ryan and you valued him because of special teams, then that could have been your third guy. And if not, then Williams could have been your third guy. You didn't need to keep both. And maybe they, you know, I, I would assume they would for the, you know, most of the season. But I didn't think that was a necessity. Yeah, it's not. Terribly surprising, I guess, if you look at what the Bengals do historically. But this year in particular, I thought that they wouldn't go heavy at running back. And when we get to the defense, we'll talk about the other position. We talked about a little bit at the beginning that was surprising to both James and myself. These are positions that I went back and looked through the game logs last year. The Bengals in most games only use two running backs. So you're keeping four. That fourth running back may or may not be active on game days depending on special teams involvement that fourth running back probably won't contribute on the offense and maybe this is just a a Darren Darren Simmons thing and and he wanted to keep these guys he felt that they were important to his unit or it, it doesn't really make sense to me otherwise actually because once you get past those first two guys you're honestly talking about replacement level running backs that you can just you can find if you need a guy you can find a guy to do those jobs behind those first two running backs on this roster. I completely agree. And as we start to see these practice squad guys trickle in, you do wonder as we push forward here and look at the rest of the offense wide receiver. I was on the eight wide receiver bandwagon, right? And I, I I get it. I get the argument. How do you get that many active? What are you going to do? How are you going to play it? Well, they keep seven. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, T. Higgins, Auden Tate, all locks. Mike Thomas, you could argue, is a lock. Alex Erickson. No real surprise. But Stanley Morgan Jr. now didn't get claimed. You hope that they could keep him around because of his special teams ability. And if so, call me dramatic here, but if they're able to do that, is that their biggest W? Like, I wouldn't have freaked out if Jake Dolagala got claimed. Or Brandon Allen, like it wouldn't have bothered me that much, you know. But if if you lost one of these guys, especially someone like that who could be key on special teams at some point this year, in Stanley Morgan Jr., I I think that would have hurt. So I think that was one of their their biggest. I, I don't know if you want to say thumbs up or positives or biggest wins uh, on guys they cut. But being able to sneak him to the practice squad would be huge, in my opinion. I would characterize it as a relief. Personally, this is something that I I thought they should be able to get him to the practice squad, especially this year where we saw the league only have, what, 17 total waiver claims go through on the Sunday after cutdown day. Tom Pelissero tweeting that the average is over 40 in a regular year. So in the COVID year when there's no tape on him, yeah, teams could have gone back to last year's tape. But what they would have seen is a guy that can't really contribute to the offense. And then you're using a roster spot on a guy who maybe you liked him out of West Virginia and you have the college tape on him. Maybe, maybe you think that he has upside. Maybe you're just desperate for a special teamer. You don't often see guys like that get claimed. So it's not terribly surprising to me that he clears waivers, but maybe in a, in a regular preseason, he doesn't. Right. So for me, it's, it's certainly a relief that they have that reserve right now. And if they need him, he will be available to them because like I've said many, many times, the dude's a special team stud. And if they need him to come play that role, then they will. The last position group, 
The offensive line doesn't really have any surprises. We'll have Bobby Hart, Fred Johnson, Jonah Williams, and Hakeem Adeniji being the primary tackles on the roster. Mike Jordan, Trey Hopkins, Xavier Suofilo, and Billy Price at the interior offensive line positions, joined by Deion Calhoun, the recent waiver claim that we talked about earlier. So that is the offense, and really, more or less, what we expected, and the question marks are just as we expected too. How will this offensive line play out in 2020? Coming up next, we get into the defensive side of the ball where, again, most of the positions are as expected. James and I were very, very close in our 53-mans. We both got two things wrong, I believe. And we'll get into that defensive side of the ball coming up next. Before we get to that defense, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar the official protein bar of James Rapine. Well, not official, but his favorite protein bar nonetheless has so many different great flavors. My personal favorite is that peanut butter brownie and the protein and nutritional breakdown is just fantastic for anybody who could possibly be in the market for a protein bar for any reason. Look, if you're trying to cut weight or gain muscle, or whatever the case may be, Built Bar is the protein bar for you because it tastes great. Awesome flavors, like Jake said, 18 different flavors. They're extremely healthy and packed with protein, 19 grams of protein, 18 grams of protein. And the best part, low in sugar. And I actually miss the best part. They taste great. So you're not sacrificing taste for macros. You're not sacrificing taste to get the protein output or input, rather, that you need. And right now, you can save money on them. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Let's take a look at the Bengals' defense. And a quick note, and I'm not going to say we're geniuses, Jake, but we're basically Bengals geniuses. Uh, as we're recording this, Eric Edholm broke the news that Winston Rose has agreed to the uh, to be on the Bengals practice squad. So it makes a lot of sense. It opens the door for Torrey McTire 
to get signed to the 53-man roster here once they place Trey Waynes on injured reserve. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, you know, if, if that by the time you're listening to this, if that's processed, certainly I expect it to happen on Monday. And uh, so, yeah, a, another piece of the puzzle is uh, has come together, Jake. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals were looking to make another move at corner. And the fact that they didn't put a waiver claim in on anybody was a little bit surprising to me. I thought they might go after somebody with a little bit more NFL experience at the cornerback position, but I guess they really like somebody they have, or there's some other plan that we haven't seen come to fruition yet. But I agree that it's likely going to be the return of Torrey McTire to the 53 man as kind of the backup slot guy. A little bit interesting to me that they were willing to put him on waivers, and I wonder what the contingency plan was or is at slot corner behind Mackenzie Alexander because there must be some other plan. And if a guy isn't on your initial 53, it's not terribly likely to me that he's active in week one. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out probably sometime in the next couple hours after we post this. And they don't have to, and I don't want to imply this, they don't have to lock themselves into Tory McTire. If there's a guy that they want to work out on Monday or Tuesday, they can do that. They also have to know that that player, if they did go that route, isn't going to be able to be ready to go on Sunday. That's unrealistic. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. I think that McTire is the the likelihood or the, the most likely candidate for sure, and we'll see if that's the case. Let's keep things rolling with uh, other defensive spots. Defensive end, no shockers there, Jake. By the way, we nailed it. And uh, Jadavion Clowney will not be coming to Cincinnati, unfortunately, for everybody out there who, for some reason, thought that might be the case. I got a couple tweets about that. I did not. However, he did go to the Tennessee Titans where the Bengals will play him again. And I looked at this last night. The Bengals will play Jadavion Clowney, despite him not being in the division, five out of his seven professional seasons so far. They caught him when he went to the NFC. They're catching him again with the Tennessee Titans this year. And of course, the Bengals seem to play the Texans more often than not for a few years in the last seven years, really since Clowney's been in the league. So another another year, another Jadavion Clowney appointment. But we're focused on the Bengals roster right now, right? Drew Sample gets his shot at revenge. His first NFL play in Seattle, week one last year. I've heard it multiple times. He gets blown up by Jadavian Clowney. Well, now he's back. He's healthy. He's thicker. He's been working out with Sam Hubbard. Want some, Clowney? Come get some. I, I hope Sample flattens him. I hope that happens. I hope that happens. I hope that Drew Sample isn't matched up with Jadavian Clowney one-on-one ever again. Flattens, flattens him. Uh, if, come, if, come get a sample of that, Jadavion. If he is matched up with Jadavion Clowney, then, then sure. But let's hope that doesn't happen. And I do like the Bengals' construction of this defensive line group starting at the edge position. They've got a few guys that I see as pure edge rushers, and, and that's mostly Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson. And then they've got some guys that are just pretty good edge rushers that can also kick inside, and that's mostly Sam Hubbard. I feel like rookie Khaled Kareem can do a lot of the same things from a scheme perspective as Sam Hubbard, even if he may not be as effective. And then Andrew Brown, the last guy there, can kick inside as well. So I really like the position versatility here, the fact that they have three guys that I feel pretty good about kicking inside and being pass rushers if they need to. 
And I think that the moves to add Mike Daniels and Christian Covington to the defensive interior go a long way when you lose Rennell Wren and Josh Tupo, so much so that I think that actually they may have improved the depth of this position from where it was before those guys opted out or got injured. I agree. It's more proven. More proven. You got a guy, Mike Daniels, who's extremely hungry. He posted that picture of uh, him in, in, as Venom, which is really cool. If you haven't seen it on Twitter or Instagram, he posted it on uh, both social media platforms. Christian Covington, we've talked about him, sixth-year player, uh, a guy who could contribute and, and complement these, you know, Atkins and Reader. And then Andrew Brown, like he's versatile. He can go back and forth a little bit from end and, and inside, and, and we've seen that and we saw that in training camp. I like this group. And if this team is going to surprise people, we know what the offensive line has to do and what, what different pieces the offense have to do. But this defensive line is going to have to be really damn good. It just is. And the fact that they were able to add another experienced player that's played in some big games with the Texans, is familiar with Reader, uh, you had Mike Daniels. Look, if you would have told me that they were scrambling after Josh Tupo and Rennell Wren, I would have been really surprised if they were able to add Daniels at Covington, and they were able to do that. So uh, good for them of, of getting guys with a certain pedigree that can add talent, experience, uh, and, and so much more to this locker room. So we've talked about a strength on the defense and the defensive line. We talked a little bit about one area that I think is kind of an unexpected weakness to me in corner and the Trey Wayne's injury really amplifying that. And I don't know that it's necessarily the weakness of the defense because you still feel good about William Jackson. You still feel good about Mackenzie Alexander. Darius Phillips has obvious playmaking upside, but Tony Brown and LaShawn Sims are just kind of guys at the backups. And this is a position for the future that I think will be a need, but the most surprising position to me on the defense is linebacker where they kept six guys making sure to keep Jordan Evans and Marcus Bailey. And I'm not surprised that they kept either one of those guys, but the fact that they kept both and are rolling with six linebackers on the initial 53 men roster when only two of them will be on the field at any one time, maybe four will be active on game days. That is a lot of roster spots to attribute to that position, but maybe they just felt that these were the best guys they could keep. Maybe that was part of it. For sure. And I do think that it's pretty telling they kept Bailey and Evans. For a lot of us, I think it was one or the other. They keep both. They have no plans of IRing Evans, which was something that we had speculated about a bit. And, and who knows here, right? Who, who knows how they're going to use these guys? Maybe they do find a way to get Akeem Davis Gaither on the field because he's so versatile in different ways. Uh, I hope so, right? I hope they find a way to get him on the field because otherwise – I agree with you. It's going to be the Jermaine Pratt, Josh Vine show. And you'll see Logan Wilson on some passing downs. And that'll be it. That's kind of how I view week one for the most part at linebacker outside of special teams. So if you can find a way to get 59, you know, Akeem Davis Gaither on the field at some point on defense, that would be that would be good. And maybe this is an indicator that they have some some different plays, different packages for him. I would expect that they do. I really would. I think that those first four guys will all see rotational use, especially given what we saw in training camp. But really, we don't know. We have seen no indication of what this defense is, how this defense is going to change from 2019 to 2020 when they were a big three safety, big dime team last year. Now they have all these linebackers, and that should affect personnel groupings to some degree. 
and we won't find that out until week one, the last position group. And we're not going to talk about the specialists because there's nothing to really say there. But the last position group is safety, where they go Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Sean Williams, and Brandon Wilson. This is the easiest to project group on the roster, unless you thought that Sean Williams' injury was severe enough that they might want to keep one more guy. No surprises here. Those first three guys should all be on the field on defense at some point in some packages, and Brandon Wilson will be back as a primary kick returner. He will, and he—I know Darren Simmons is excited to have Brandon Wilson back there. It's—it's it's funny he was talking with us uh, oh, about ten days ago, maybe less, and we were talking about Wilson. He was like, he almost broke five or six kick returns for touchdowns last year. He was like, people real don't realize that they remember the one. He said there was four to six that could have realistically happened. So they really like his upside as a kick returner. So I'm glad to see him there. Look, I, I like the safety group, and hopefully this is an indicator that Sean Williams is going to be available week one. Because when you talk about a young linebacker unit in the open field with no preseason trying to tackle Austin Eckler, I think if you can have another physical safety out there roaming in the box, you know, that would be great at, you know, to have at your disposal. And we know Von, uh, Von Bell wants to hit, but, you know, Sean Williams likes to lay the wood too. So hopefully both guys can be uh, out there hitting Eckler and the rest of those Chargers running backs week one. And it is week one, James. In case any of you didn't know <laughs> what's going on here, the Bengals play in one week from the day that we are recording this episode. And that matchup, becomes our focus here for the rest of the week we get to do our first post-game episode in a week from today james is flexing and dancing on the other side of this podcast we're very that's excited that built bar flex that's that built bar flex jake there you week go week one is here i didn't know if we were gonna get a week one jake for very like excited months, i've been nervous jake give me a woo come on jake give me a woo give you the already... people a woo give you them are... what they want are you going to let me talk? Because you, you already have the conditions for the woo, and it will come after the Bengals win their first game. The conditions for the woo. Okay. Some people don't need conditions to woo, Jake. And, and some do. And there are two kinds of people in this world. And the people listening to this podcast are the kinds of people that can't wait for the next episode. And that's coming your way tomorrow. We'll have practice squad updates, and we'll get into that week one matchup. Until then, Bengals fans, who day? And have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.